What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of V2 Sports Recap. We had an extremely busy weekend, and here we go. In a world where Vanderbilt wins their first conference game since 2019, and Tennessee is relevant, we have a new underdog. The LSU Tigers, clinching their first SEC championship berth since 2019. Coincidentally, the last time Vandy won a conference game. All right, y'all are, I'll go ahead and take my round of applause for that very horrible movie intro. Let's go ahead and get into the recap. All right, where do y'all want to start first? What game disappointed you most? Might as well start with the most hated. South Carolina versus Vanderbilt. Right. I mean, not Vanderbilt, Florida. If Great idea, Mr. Clean. Tell, like I said, or, thank uh, you, thank you. I'm going to go ahead and let y'all know, and I'll give y'all a nice little reminder. We're going to be doing this all week. If you want to go ahead and hop off Spotify right now and come over to the YouTube channel, we have currently six Mr. Cleans in the chat. Okay. If you want to know what Jackson looks like after he had to shave his head for picking South Carolina versus Florida, we have six pictures, so you cannot miss it. Okay, Can't miss it at all. So let's go ahead and cover the South Carolina-Florida game like Mr. Clean said. Yeah, I I have no words for how bad my pick was. I You, you could obviously see in the photo of how bad South Carolina played. Your take was so hot that it literally took the hair off your head. Yeah, exactly. Facts. His take was but, so shiny it beams nah. off that gigantic dome. Nah, bro. Let me let me tell you something. Florida absolutely dominated this game. Anthony Richardson dominated this game. Uh, South Carolina. Like what I South Carolina and Florida both beat themselves in the third quarter. I don't know what happened in that. Like that that just have to that has to be the worst third quarter in football I've ever seen from either team. But hey, remember when you didn't agree with me for saying that Anthony Richardson would be the difference in this game? He wasn't yeah. the difference. It was the Florida defense that was the difference. Florida's defense and the running game. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm a uh, How many yards of offense was there for Florida at halftime? I think over 300 rushing yards. Here's yeah. the thing, the the, the the difference signifies no, 282 in the first half. Let's be honest, the Ow. difference, whenever there's a difference, it means it signifies the fact that if this wasn't available, then the game would have been a lot different. I feel like there, there was available. no difference. No, I'm saying that I feel like there were a lot of things, like as in there is no difference. Florida Florida's just overall pow- overpowered South Carolina. Yeah, I agree. The only thing that I would have been interested to see is if there would have been a healthy Marshawn Lloyd in the backfield. Yeah. If that would have been a you know key thing to that game. Because we all know, and every single one of the individuals in this podcast has said how mid Spencer Rattler is. Jackson yeah. has ceased to realize that. Have you finally realized how mid? I don't Spencer think he was Rattler the reason is. we lost, but I think oh, if we had Dak Joyner, I, no, no, no. I I think if we had Dak Joyner in at quarterback that game, we would have we would have had a better chance because Dak Joyner is probably probably was the definite best player uh, of the game. He's the player of the game. Him or Kai Kroger, whoever you want to put it in. I'd say it's Dak Joyner. That every single time he was in, he made a big play. He does it every single time. He's been South Carolina's difference maker, and they never play him at what he should be. I mean, 
I think this is just a tale for two teams right now. We're seeing the downhill fall of South Carolina currently. And, uh, and Florida's it, on a slow it looks rise. Like, looks like they're not doing too hot. And then Florida looks like they're finally finding their identity and the direction that Billy Napier is wanting that program to go to. So can we actually not step over the fact that big boy Dez yanked the ball from the South Carolina running back's hands? Yeah, I, that 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 wasn't a running back. That was Jaheim Bell. No, it's a I don't care. Put back. that okay. put that picture in the museum. The big boy was stumbling, tumbling, and out of breath before he got out of the pile. All right. <laughs> I I 100% loved watching this game. V2 actually did a huge thing this past weekend where we all sat in the very same Discord call that y'all are listening to right now and watched most of the SEC games. Oh. It was Another. Th- oh, you shut up. It was the funniest thing in the world for us to cut the South Carolina game off after the first quarter and switch it to a non-conference game because I just don't think that they should be putting that stuff on air. You know, nah. that was a live beating. We just watched animal abuse. Somebody just slayed a gamecock in the middle of a slump, a swamp. Like it's not on. even like this was a great team. I mean, Florida's good. But at the end of the day, you wouldn't really expect Anthony Richardson to absolutely brutalize South Carolina and the seven fans to, that cheer for the team currently. I mean, that just... I honestly feel bad for everyone who participated as well as watched that game, including myself, because I watched, I watched that game. Quarters. I did too. I was there. And I am really mad that I'm really mad that I did watch that game. I could have spent my time on some. I could have called my mom. I could have written a letter to my um, cousin asking if he's doing all right. I could have done so many things with my time, but I chose to watch that. I could have, you know, shaved my head and called myself Mister Clean, but Jackson already did that. So, on the other hand, I'm kind of glad I didn't watch that because. Uh, South Carolina got killed, and that's all there really is to say. Yeah. All right. You want to talk about a segue? If you thought that was bad to watch, then a lot of people probably needed to divert their eyes to what happened to every, uh, to the 101,000 people that watched a tiger get absolutely obliterated in Neyland Stadium this last Saturday. Oh, dude. No, I, I thought it was hilarious how literally with two minutes left in the game, Tennessee did not stop. To be honest, I don't respect like, that. That I, I lost a lot of respect that. for ten. Yeah. No, I lost a lot of respect There's for Tennessee not. in that. That was bad. Okay, There's not a lot right. of teams that do, do that, and I actually love that they do that. Do y'all like okay. know why I they wanna, did that? I would like to point. It's that because one out. of Eli Drinkwitz calling. Please out explain. It's because Drinkwitz. Josh Heupel in the preseason. That is exactly why he oh, took no, jabs. Here's why you don't take jabs. Hmm. So he took jabs at Eli Drinkwitz took jabs at Heupel for his time at Missouri, among other things. And just like he put the score from last year's um, game in his back pocket, Heupel put that in his back pocket and then up the score to 66 instead of what was it, 62, doing Drinkwitz a favor and hopefully getting him out of Missouri quicker. Well, here's, no, here's the they they legit assigned his extension like. Not even a few weeks ago. Here's we talked about it last episode. When they went yeah, I know. Higher, 
when Mizzou was finished with their head coach Odom. Okay. And they hired Drinkwitz. Their best offensive coordinator to that point was Josh Heupel. He he could have easily went to head coach. They never called him. Hype has something against Mizzou, and I think anybody in the SEC is going to have to watch this for like the next five years to come of him, I don't care, we're putting in the backups and still running up the score. I think and he's proving a point this, in Missouri and drink. This is also, you have to look right now, Tennessee is on the outside looking in by one spot for the CFP. And what this was, and you can love it or hate it for what they did, with style points the more you beat somebody by they're going to take notice and missouri at the time had the 13th best defense and hadn't allowed more than 24 points in a game so they're going to take note of that the cfp rankings aren't out yet they'll be out this tuesday but they'll take notice of that and which means to he'll be, be fair, out they probably later today won't. just letting y'all know hmm. so you also have to look at that you can love them or hate them for and it i mean the real thing is should have stopped them from running. Even Drinkwitz himself said it. If you want, if you don't want the score ran up on you, don't let it happen. Be a stout defense like you're supposed to be, Missouri, but you couldn't, and you let second and third stringers drop another ten points like, on you. Dog, how do you let the opposing team? You let Joe Milton throw a seventy-yard ball on a rope to a freshman squirrel white who runs twenty-three miles an hour. How do you you do let that? that happen. How do you have the 13th best defense in the nation? Let second stringers come out with two minutes left, and they're like, oh, it's going to be easy. And then, like, the quarterback that all Tennessee fans hated last year started to love him again this year, and he just comes out and just slant, like, just nuts on and the table. Keep in mind, Missouri. keep in mind, Missouri was in this game for a decent amount. At one point, it was 28-24. to 24. So, if anything, they just quit playing the game. Because it's not running up the score if they asked for it. So, so it's Luke, 66 points. But if you're going up? to call out, Are you if you're going to call out Tennessee for dropping 66 points, um, you have to do the same thing to what USC did, dropping as many points as they did. I'll be honest. Just, considering the new information, because I'm a person who likes to learn more, and I will change my opinion when I've been proven wrong. Today I was proven wrong. <laughs> totally deserved. I respect you guys for telling me the real situation. I just thought it out it was out of being rude to the position. So I'll I'll give it to you. That was a W by Tennessee. I'll just I'll say this really quickly. If you're going if anybody is going to call out Tennessee for running up the score and being bad sports for dropping sixty on a team that couldn't stop the points coming down, you also have to call out USC for basically doing the same thing. Honestly. So let's go ahead and move on. Can't have it both ways. To our next game. <clears throat> how do you, how did y'all actually feel? You know what? Me me and Luke watched this game. Let's go ahead and talk about the Mississippi State and Georgia game. Dude, let me tell okay. you something. This game was way closer than the score showed, man. The first until, thing or wait, I actually finished Jack. And I'll, I'll let you finish. Okay. Uh, now, until Georgia came away in the like, I thought Mississippi State like was actually having a chance in the first half. I watched the first half of this game and I was like, why is Mississippi State giving Georgia a battle? And then I see Lad McConkey with that seventy-yard run, and then I see him get another touchdown, and I'm like, this game's over. And then I I think 
uh, Mississippi State goes on a comeback, and then you know what happens? Georgia scores two more times. All right, let me explain. Yeah, so look, from and mine and Luke's point Kevin of view. Bennett. Oh, uh. yeah. Okay, so me and Luke are watching this game, and we see the blowout happening, right? So, like Luke has made known to all of us, Luke goes to Florida State, so we swapped it over to the Florida State game. So I cut it back when ESPN gives me a noty that Mississippi State returned a punt at halftime, or like right before halftime. So we see that. So we see it going to halftime, and we forget to switch it back when the game comes back on air. So Florida State goes into halftime, and the second we switch it back, here's Lad McConkey just throwing people across the field and running for 70. And both of us are just like, there's no point in watching this game. Like, how can you... What's even funnier is we didn't even see the clip. We just heard that he ran for 70 yards for a touchdown. We just heard, like, oh, he could go! He could go all the way! And we just immediately flipped it back off. Like, it didn't even load the screen (laughs) up yet. We just had audio. So all you hear is, he's throwing him off! He's going! Oh my gosh! And both was just, yeah. No, we're gonna go ahead and close this window. And let's not ignore the fact that Stetson Bennett... Put one Missouri, uh, Missouri, Mississippi State's defenders on an absolute ice skate. Who yep. needed a map? But he here's was the thing: so lost. I decided because I have I'm in a, I'm in a state group chat, and I saw that a few of the people went to the school were at the game, and they told me that the refs were horrendous. And I was thinking, the score doesn't say that, but you know what? I'm gonna go back and watch the film. So I did. For two hours, I watched the game over again today. And I will be honest when I say the refs sold the bag. There were multiple plays where Mississippi State should have either scored or Georgia scored that should have been called back that they didn't give. And I'm not saying that that changes the game. Mississippi State wins. No, Mississippi State was losing this game regardless. But if the refs simply weren't on the Mr. Clean drugs that they were, the the products this game would have been a lot closer, and it would have showed that there are weaknesses to Georgia. Specifically that when they play bad teams, they do worse. With that yeah. being said, this was still a blowout. But, to the credit, that punt return touchdown was pretty cool. <laughs> hmm. Um... And it's not even just this game specifically that refs have been bad. It's not even really the sport of football or just college. It's every sport. Refs everywhere have been a new... It's like they all took... And I know this is a football podcast and an SEC podcast, but I'm going to make a joke about it. It seems like everyone, just every ref for every sport, sat down with Angel Angel Hernandez and took lessons from him. And then they are all just carbon copies of him, making the yep. worst calls and ruining games for everybody to watch. I completely agree. Right. Um, it was miserable to see that what little motivation Mississippi State had ref? was completely so, taken away from the refs selling the bag to a number one team in the country. That officiating and Tennessee fans and any other fan base that has been screwed over, like... Take the hit, the Jadavian Clowney hit way back, the hit heard around the world. That play never is never set up by a terrible, blown call. And take what ha- bad officiating ruins really good games. 100%. Alright, um, so I also didn't watch this game, but I did, I did check in at halftime, and I saw it was 17-12. to 12. And I was I was kind of shocked. It was confusing me. 
on how Georgia was struggling against Mississippi State, but then I remembered Georgia did the same thing against uh, Kent State and Missouri. Missouri. Yeah, thank you. And then I was like, but we all know Georgia's going to come back out of nowhere, and they're just going to destroy Mississippi State. And I look back, and it's 45-19. to and I'm just gonna say George blew him out. I was, I was I was a closeted state fan. I was kind of it was like they could. I saw the score at 12 to like 19, and I was first off that was a, oh it was so close. I was, like, I, I was rooting for, them. for them. Yeah, I was. Everybody was rooting for them to win. Hail state I mean, brothers. Hail here's the thing state. though with Georgia okay. is like at some point during each of their games, I feel like that they've played to the point this season, maybe except for Oregon. Like, they've had a time gap where they kind of take their foot off the gas or they're slow-paced. Like, you, you saw it against Kent State. You saw it against Missouri. Against Florida, it got to a one-score uh, possession game at some point. And then with Mississippi State, they did the same thing. But then, you know, in Georgia, typical Georgia fashion and Kirby Smart fashion, they pick it up and then they end up blowing out a team. And they're, they're rounding into form when the time is important. So... All right, so I'm glad we all got our talks out about Georgia State just decimating Mizzou with the help of the referees. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and take a nice ten second, you know, time for the listeners and for us to give Vandy their flowers. Okay, first SEC win in three. Why are we putting this game? Why why isn't this game last? We like save the best for last. Our marquee matchup came down to the last play. Our marquee matchup came to the last play. This was still better. This this wasn't the best game. Yeah, we should still talk about this right now. Yeah, Yeah, and just right now. Congrats to Vandy Vandy for beating Kentucky. You beat a ranked team. You beat. Can I talk? Sure, go ahead. Okay. This is my Mike Wright rant, baby. I told you guys all from preseason to week one to week two, this guy is the guy. This guy has been the guy for Van. Back up from your microphone. Back away from your microphone. This is also the guy. He is Mike Wright. He is is him. And he is Kentucky's daddy. Okay. I'm going to take over here. I'm going to take over here real quick because I got to say something. So first off, congrats to Vandy. You deserved it. This no was Commodore. awesome. However, I'm going to bring a point here. This is a message to all mock drafters and analysis and well, whoever are in the speech. Let me speak. Preach. Let me speak. If you are still putting Will Levis in the first round or even the second round of this draft, I hope that you lose your job and lose all ability to provide for your families. I hope that you live in a box in the under the bridge at your downtown and are fighting for the last scrap of bread because I don't think you deserve to be in the working field anymore after the stupid belief that you have with this man. He just put up 17 or no 21 points against Vanderbilt at home and lost. And he didn't even account for any of those touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. Will Levis, you suck. Indianapolis coach, Colts written all over it. I'm going to tell you now, if Will Levis becomes a starting quarterback at any point in his career and 
that is deserved rather than from injury, and he does well, I will not only shave my head, I will donate $10,000 to any okay. charity that this crew we'll picks for me. For next okay. year, guys. I'm joking. I'm joking. You He's not going to be anything before... good. Okay, how about instead, if... Okay, I'll make two deals with you. One, if Will Levis gets still gets taken in the first round, then the first ten picks, you have to get a Will Levis tattoo. Me? Yes. Specifically uh, saying, specifically yeah, saying it, Will Levis it, is it, him. It specifically no, saying no, Will no, Levis no, is Willie B for Heisman. You know what? Does anybody want to join me in that bet? Hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. I will I will actually bank off of Nate and I'll make it even better. Okay. So instead, if he goes in the first ten, like he said, you have to get a tattoo. But it can't just be any tattoo. I need mm-hmm. Will Levis's face on your right oh. cheek. Oh my god. Dude. No, and I'm, no, or you gotta do it. I'm you gonna be honest. Are you doubting it? Are you I'm doubting now regretting it? Hey, I'm gonna be real. I don't wanna end up like you, Mr. Colleen. <laughs> I'm gonna no, be real. Especially yeah, with something permanent. The Stuff happens. The face, you have to put How about this? Quotations, Mayo Man. How about this? <laughs> I, I will think about this and next week I will give you my decision. Okay, that's reasonable. I, I, need, I need to give this, this, this is some a thought. Really good salesman. This is a permanent idea to him. And here to make it even better for you, so that it doesn't hurt you in two ways. VTube I'll will cash out money fifty dollars for the tattoo for you to use as well. V two will raise the money and pay for this tattoo. Yeah, and even to add to that, I'll send you independently fifty dollars to use whatever you want. Buy, buy it. Use whatever you want with that fifty. I'll, pro- I'll probably buy a laser to get rid of the tattoo. It's gonna take all of our money, pay for the tattoo on his own, take a picture of it for promo, purposes. and then get it removed with the fifty dollars that I sent. Like I said, I'm giving myself a week to think about this. That's See, understandable. My question, my question to y'all though is: We all know that Kentucky's bad. But does Kentucky being so bad and Will Levis' lack of play overshadow the fact that Vanderbilt just won an SEC game? And I'm not saying that they're going to win the Natty at all, like in the next five years or whatever Clark Lee's timeline is. But is he correct for saying that Vanderbilt is on the rise? Because yes. what was oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely under for sure. win predictions was what two? Like it was not that much. No, all of us picked Vandy last week. This yeah, all, game, every single one of us picked Vandy. This, this game completely the changes season, the culture for Vandy. The season began. I listened. This gives this gives them a new high. Vandy in this picture as well, or in this game as well. Okay, it's me. Uh, Mr. Clean. I mean, I believe, I believe I Hold picked it Vandy was me, as well. Mr. Clean, Jaron, and one of our ex-members who we're not allowed to talk about. So, uh, let's go ahead and go to our next game, because we did take a nice little chunk out to congratulate Vandy. Let's go ahead and talk about Auburn finally finding their coach, Cadillac Williams. And A&M Jimbo sucks, man. He's a blind coach who can call better than Jimbo Fisher. Hey, hey, Jimbo Fisher is the worst play caller in the SEC by far. Cold take. This was cold take. This was the worst game in the last ten years of SEC football. 
dude. I agree. Let me tell you something. Hey, guys, who do you think is better, Marcus Satterfield or Jimbo Fisher at offensive play calling? Marcus Satterfield. Satterfield. Yeah, Satterfield. Yes, that's too easy. I would rather have Mike Leach coach a defense than Jimbo Fisher coach an offense. Satterfield's actually pretty good. He just doesn't have anybody out on the field who wants to play or that actually gives a damn about the program. I mean, the thing about it is for Texas A&M, And I'm going to be real. This is another thing. Last week, I kind of warmed up to Robbie Ashford, and I was like, you know what? You're getting better. No. I completely avert everything I've said. That was just a fluke game that you had against Mississippi State because the defense is almost close to poverty. You are not good. You are still a bad quarterback. You are not. You are no longer mid or subpar in my book. You are now back to bad. Dang. You had two interceptions. But you, you had one to touchdown. He's still a freshman. Yeah. So like you can't put too much pressure on he's him. A, in he, a, he's a third string freshman trying his best. Bottom line is, bottom line though is, when you no come to a, the bottom line is when you come to the SEC, regardless of what happens, you are an adult now, and you got to realize you are playing in a hard conference, and whatever happens, happens. When Nick Saban tells a player to get on the field, they're not saying just do your best, it'll be fine. No, he's saying you better be ready for this moment because you should be. And I think that same mentality needs to be provided to Ashford, especially considering he just played a poverty A&M team. They are not good. Dang. I mean, to give you perspective, you also, you it's not poverty pass defense. You also it's a poverty have to think about what tools are given to you and what is surrounding you. Like, I'm, I agree that, like, when you're playing SEC football, you know what to expect. You know it's not going to be easy. But it takes time for a player to develop. And I'm not saying it was pretty at all. It was the complete opposite. But give him time. Cadillac Williams is not the coach of the future for the Auburn Tigers. I I can tell you that much. I agree. And I can also say that Texas A&M, if I'm the board and I have that oil money that they have, that buyout is not looking too ugly right now. Real quick, can I say something? Two things. Of Texas. Two things. Okay, one. All of y'all saying that it takes time to prepare. Apparently, y'all didn't watch Robbie Ashford's high school film and notice that he's playing small ball, okay? Everybody he's playing against is not built at all like a high schooler. Two, he made the same decisions, same throws, same everything in high school, and yet was a four-star quarterback. Why? Because he went to camps. Okay, yeah. he made these same yep. mistakes. This isn't well. It's not. It's because of the tools he has around. Him. No, he's been doing this shit for all four years of his high school career. And second, that's dang, not going to change. Dang, you you keep up with Texas A and M. You're you're quite frankly the one who brings us some of the best Texas A and M takes. Would you see some players? That transfer. Would you see Texas A&M's NIL system taking yeah. the money? Yeah, after they, for oh, sure. Shut up. After they transfer, taking the money they paid to get them there. And by I can, Jimbo. I can definitely see that. The real question is I, who would they I think, hire? At I think the Texas A&M transfer class. I think this will be the most transfers of any SEC school in history. Like more than Tennessee. This this is another cold take. Look like a little slap on the wrist. This is another cold take. Remember, 
You guys remember when Tennessee had 30 guys like hit the transfer portal? I think it'll be worse than that. This transfer portal will be wild for a Sorry, this is a cold take just as a side comment, but I'm starting to believe now that the transfer portal is even more important than the recruiting class. I, here's the thing about the new, this, the new era of college football that we're in. With NIL... It's kind of turned the transfer portal as a whole almost into a form of free agency. Yeah, it is. It's whoever yeah, it is, it, it whoever pays the most, really, because now a lot of people, a lot of recruits, they aren't going to look at where am I going to start, where am I going to get the best opportunity, where now am I going to get the most pay, money, where am I going to get the best amount of money, and for a college people who stink. originally committed to play, say a recruit went to like. Georgia, and he didn't. He didn't do it for the money. He went because he wanted to help Georgia make a better program. But then all of a sudden, Texas A and M, you know, I'll just use them as the example. They come in there with a handsome bag, saying, "Hey, if you come here, we'll give you this super big NIL deal, and you'll probably be guaranteed to start." He's gonna look at that potential million dollar deal and be like, "Dang, I'm not starting here. I could leave here and get this amount of money." Now a lot of people are just going to have to be like, they're going to have to drop a bag for someone they really want. Also, hold on. Another thing. Have y'all noticed that a bunch of these five-star recruits that um, went to Texas A&M, and we know it's 100% for oil money, has not done anything in the NIL world? Like no one They're the first number grants. one recruiting class to ne- not be bowl make a bowl game. game. Mm-hmm. All right. But with that being said, we've covered this game for a decent amount of time. Let's go ahead and talk about... No time limit, baby! There's no time limit, but still, we don't want to make it too long that people hate listening to it. So let's go ahead and move it to one of the most interesting games of this week that nobody saw happening. I'll I'll give it... I I chose... I saw it happening. I said it would be close. I said it would be... All right. right. Can I start since... um, I was interrupted by Mr. Clean on the Vandy Florida game. Can I just get mine out of the way? That was two. Are we all for that? That was two games. Ago. I know. I know. No. No. Because I never got. It. I've never got to get anything out because I'm Mr. Right, clean. And I'm. I'm going to get my time now. All right, mate, mate, this mate, game. Mate, we're. All right. Bam Ole Miss. Great game. Uh, I was definitely going for Ole Miss in this one. Whatever. Whatever. This was a really really close game, and it they just they couldn't convert on a fourth down and. I was I was working and I was at the bar watching this. What? Who are you talking about? I thought we were going to talk LSU Arkansas. We we're talking Bam Ole Miss. Oh shit! My bad. All right. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> no. All right. Mute him. LSU, yeah. Don't worry. He's getting the Mister Clean treatment too. All right. So. Do you want me to speak on this first, Jason? I'll, I'll go for it. Actually, LSU and okay. Arkansas. All of y'all heard me make the take last week that Arkansas was going to win. And they almost did with a third-string quarterback. And Harold Perkins is him, but for a legitimate reason that like pissed me off, the refs were so against Arkansas in that game, it yep. wasn't even funny. Yep. I agree wholeheartedly. That, that, was, that was blatant. I, I will I say, though, the calls the- that happened against them. The one thing I can say is that really bad play at the end for they didn't call the they called it fourth down instead of it being or they called it 
a um fourth down or they called it a first down even though it was a fourth down, sorry. They did get the ball back and still had another chance and still couldn't get it done, so I can't blame that call. With that being said, this game kind of went exactly how I expected, which was LSU winning a close one, because as I like to always call teams overrated, LSU was overrated. Oh, what a surprise, because they are. I mean, they're just, what What have they done this season to say, like, they've beat, I mean, like, I know people be like, oh, they beat Alabama, what are you talking about? This is the worst Alabama we see, team we've seen in the decade. That win gets less and less impressive by the minute. I mean, they struggled against Ole Miss. They, they've, they got shut out in the second half versus Mississippi State at home. Like, this is not an impressive team. I would, I would wholeheartedly agree with that statement. Like LSU, it does not take away the fact that they are still heavily overrated, and that even though Harold Perkins already, as a true freshman, is probably a top five defensive player in college football right now. Like I give him all the respect because the way he's able to make plays, like he's going to be a top pick in the NFL draft in a few years. But yeah. like, I would not even want to tune in. I'm not even excited for the SEC championship this year. I'm not going to lie between Georgia and LSU. Because agree. we all know I, that Georgia is going to win by more than two Georgia, possessions, and they could even potentially win by three Jer- possessions. Jaron, Jaron, unless Georgia uh, wants Tennessee to miss the playoff and don't and doesn't try and just lets uh, LSU win. Uh, I, LSU I still wins, don't see that's the case. Are you going to say I, no to them in the playoffs? I just don't think that's the case. I think that Georgia is going to absolutely obliterate LSU. I don't oh, think they're I, just going to. I don't think that they're. I don't think they're going to sell. I'm like, just saying they could sell play the best to screw Tennessee over. I mean, they could, but that'd be pretty low of them, and just show how scared of competition they are. Right. If you think about that, that's what I'm saying. So, like, like I just, not I'm not smart. excited. By a franchise in general, you're wasting the opportunity to play deep into a playoff run just to prevent another team from getting in, that doesn't really seem smart in any shape or way. That's also a working theory that's probably not true, because at the end of the day, we've basically never seen that happen. Teams yeah, don't no, collaborate and say we're going to throw this game so we can get an easier schedule. Yeah, there, someone's not going to be like, alright, we don't want this team in here, so we're going to sell so they don't make it in. What about that year? Alabama wasn't in the natty. Alabama wasn't in the SEC championship. They were at five. One team sold. It brings Bama in. Bama comes in, wins the natty. It could just be I me thinking with morals. I just assume that teams don't do that because it it well it not only doesn't seem right, but I don't think it's possible. Tried. There's probably teams that have tried. I just wonder what the playout is gonna be. Uh if if KJ Jefferson would have suited up. I wonder what the playout would have been for that game because we know so that he is more talented than Hornsby. And do we think that Fortin is just as dynamic as Jefferson? I feel like Jefferson still has a little bit of an edge over that. And I think that Arkansas would have won if yeah. Je- Jefferson would have played just because he adds a dynamic that Hornsby and Fortin do not possess. Accuracy would have been better. All right, so 
we've covered this game. Let's let's go ahead and go to our marquee matchup. Comes down to literally the last minute. Ole Miss and Alabama. What's your opinions on this? And uh, make it quick because we got some stuff to do after this as well. Can I go first on this one, actually? Go for it. Okay. Continuing my point of um, overrated, and I feel like we can no longer say Alabama's overrated because they've proven it. And the fact that they should have not struggled as much as they did in this game. I, I know they won. They won the game, and props to them. But considering there have been other teams, such as even LSU, who blew out Ole Miss, this should have been a game that Alabama won decently comfortably. I mean, Ole Miss defense is very mid, and even though their offense is pretty good, I will say Jackson Dart is not a threat. I will say that the running game should have been stopped when you have Will Anderson on that line. But I think that Alabama is arguably the most undisciplined team in football. Nick Saban is not what he used to be. He is no longer a coach that holds players accountable. It's almost every single play I see Dallas Turner get a face mask or a horse collar or a roughing the passer, and he'll just smile and like shake it off, and Nick Saban will be cool with it. Yet, if this was a few years ago, you would have been sat on the bench for the rest of the, the series, if not multiple drives. I don't understand what happened to Nick Saban, but I am very confident that this might be we might have just seen his final moments as a top-tier coach, and we're going to see Alabama make the playoff less and less going forward. Yeah, I, I'd agree. This time for anybody that's still, for some reason, listening on Spotify, if you want to see something extremely beautiful, go ahead and come to the same timestamp on YouTube. It is nothing but a room of Mr. Clean's. Apparently, Mr. Clean himself has went somewhere else. So it's just straight Mr. Clean's. If you miss one picture of uh, Mr. Clean with a shaven head, you've got another one. But keep going with y'all's takes. No, I, I would just dissect into, you know, what was stated as, you know, Nick Saban is is not the elite coach that he once was, and the discipline on that team, he's not able to hold that group as accountable as he once was. I mean, of course, you have highly talented players on that roster that are going to be in the NFL and be elite, but, you know, it's not capable of winning a national championship right now. And, you know, we would like to think that and Nick Saban-led team will be back. But I don't feel as confident that they will be back. Uh, It's just just not looking like the same team. And I think that the state of NIL has had a huge impact because Nick Saban, you know, was doing stuff, you know, under the radar like a lot of teams. But he was doing it, you know, to a point where he could bring in recruits. But now that NIL is legal and that's a factor – Alabama is not able to, you know, recruit like they were. And I think that we're going to see an Alabama team that I feel like if they want to go to a playoff again, I'd I'd say a coaching change might be in the near future. I I don't want to say it's going to happen right away, but it might happen in a year or two. All right. So my breakdown of this game, very easy, very simple. Lane Kiffin's a great offensive-minded coach. Jackson Dart's just not good. And I know, you know, Lane Kiffin loves him like a son. It's like a father-son dynamic. Jackson's not it. 
get my boy Luke out there, and that game would have been different. 100%. Get my boy Luke Altemeyer out there, and trust me, Ohio State wins by seven. Or not Ohio State, Ole Miss. Ohio State. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The Buckeyes. (laughs) I don't blame you. Before I start the uh, sign-off. Going once, going twice. Goodness gracious, looking at all these bald heads on my screen really threw me off for a second. But thank you all for joining (laughs) us for this uh, recap of last weekend. We appreciate it. And like I was telling the boys a couple of days ago, SeatGeek finally approved the code. So make sure you use code all caps V2 Sports on SeatGeek for any purchase that's over $50 for $20 off. It only works for new accounts and users only. So if you want to buy a ticket and you want the $20 off and you've already used somebody else's code, just make a new account, new email address. V2 Sports is not liable for any identity crisis that you go through during this time. And we really appreciate it because it's going to give back to the podcast. It's going to allow... You know, everybody that you're listening to, we're taking time out of our day to do something that we love, and it's taking time away from family and stuff like that. So it's basically a little bit of compensation. We love that. But as most of the money will go to keeping the podcast up and allowing us to bring you better quality, better content, and more in-person interviews, we'll get some more of those towards the off season. We actually just booked one to go up to uh, Knoxville in February. So be on the lookout for that. And make sure you check out our other sponsorship, Pro U Sports, to watch your favorite collegiate athletic alumni. Like your favorite college's athletic alumni that are in the NFL. It helps for fantasy, and it just helps if you're a stat nerd. So thank you all for joining us on this episode of Recap. And as always, good morning, good afternoon, and good night from the V2 crew.